kyle.lavasser at quinnipiac.edu. Who do I swim for? I swim on my high school team for my mom, who gets up at 5 o'clock every morning to take me to practice. I swim for hugs from my teammates, spaghetti dinners, and my lucky neon green goggles. I swim for Coach Murray, who pushes me to dig deep and finish strong. More than 7.7 million American teenagers participate in high school sports every year, including about 111,000 here in Connecticut. They're all learning essential life lessons, like the importance of hard work, time management and self-discipline, skills that are helping them become better leaders and more active, responsible citizens. Most of all, I swim for myself, because I learn more about who I am and who I want to be Every time I dive into the pool, that's who I swim for. This message presented by the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference and the Connecticut Association of Athletic Directors. Bang! Steph Curry from way downtown! You're listening to the Mac and Main Show. We're on to Cincinnati. Twenty and a miss, quick three, it's over! On 98.1 WQAQ. The soundtrack of Quinnipiac. And happy Monday, and welcome to the Mac and Main Show on 98.1 WQAQ, the soundtrack of Quinnipiac. I am Jack Main, and alongside me is my good friend Stephen McAvoy. How are we doing this week? Uh, Pretty good. I, I can't complain. I, we sat down yesterday to prep for the show, and uh, for those of you who carried over from uh, from sports to the max shout out max um he he said at the end of his show he was like i don't know what the heck we're going to talk about and steven and i were sitting there last last night prepping for the show and we're just like oh boy we're gonna scrape the bottom of the barrel today aren't we i was literally almost ready to have a nascar bit and at that point i was like all right this is a bust <laughs> well thank god Kyler Murray <laughs> decided to come out with some news today and, and say that he's going to play football. Because other than that, our our top headline was going to be NASCAR and in the in the Jim Johnson crash that happened. But um, and the big three, our big three of today, our, our top one is Kyler Murray. Uh, in a tweet today, Kyler Murray said that he is fully committed to becoming a QB in the National Football League. And what do we think about that? So, so I mean, I've. I've said this before. I think Kyler Murray should have been a baseball player. I think, like, um, who was it? I, I could have swore it was Adam Schefter who was talking to Kyler Murray, and he said that Kyler Murray likes the game of baseball. He played it his whole life, but he loved football. It was one of those sports that he could play for hours on end, according to his parents, and would never get tired of it. Kyler Murray chose football because he felt that, A, the money is going to be there uh, in the shorter term, and B, it's a sport that he's more passionate about. Now, do I feel Kyler Murray would have made more in baseball? Yeah, but he would have made it more once he actually hit free agency and, and, and passed his six years of eligibility because the Oakland A's weren't going to give him much. And and that's kind of the thing. And I actually, I'm, I've been reading Moneyball for my stats class, and I've, so I've been reading. I've, been, I've we've been reading Moneyball for my st- from a baseball stats class, and we and we in the Moneyball book it talks about the scouting process that Billy Bean went through. Mm-hmm. And uh, Billy Bean, if you don't know, he grew up in San Diego. Um, uh, he's an, of course he's a legendary general manager, vice president of the Oakland A's. Uh, coincidence that it happens to be the same organization Kyler Murray went to. But uh, basically, Billy Bean was told he was the next big thing in the in the MLB. And he was also a dual sport athlete. He was one of those guys that could play baseball and he could play football. Um, he ultimately chose to play baseball, but he had like a full ride to Stanford University, um, or he could be drafted by the New York Mets in the first round of the 1980 draft. Um, Kyler, or not Kyler, but Billy Bean ended up passing on the full ride to Stanford and took the money. Um, and all of a sudden, here's the thing you can be a highly tied prospect in any sport. And then once you decide to go to the minors, you're just another minor league player. Like, you, you get lost in the pool. And you might work your way up quicker, but that's what happened to Billy Bean. He decided not to develop in college. He decided to go right to pro baseball, and he flopped. And he was an epic disaster in the major leagues until he landed a front office job with the Oakland A's. Yes, but Kyler Murray was all... So Kyler Murray, in this case, has... So when he went uh, to the University of Oklahoma, at first Texas A&M, at first at Texas, he actually didn't, he didn't play baseball. 
come to Oklahoma. He actually he actually played both football and baseball. Billy Bean and little fun fact. Billy Bean was going to be the starting quarterback at Stanford. Do you know who he, who he was going to replace? John Elway. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so but Billy Bean didn't have the college baseball experience. Kyler Murray has. Kyler Murray had has shown to everybody that I could play college baseball. I could certainly play big league baseball. Now Billy Bean, obviously playing at high school talent and no college talent, it just didn't pan out. He, I, I don't think he ever made, made it past Double A. I think Colin Murray could have easily. I think he could be a two a two way athlete. I've been saying this. Maybe he could be the next Bo Jackson, or I think he'll end up being a player that, even if he doesn't play both sports at the same time, he will convert at some point. I feel like the longevity of baseball, you could play for a much longer time because it isn't as strenuous. Where especially as a quarterback, as a mobile quarterback, you're looking at a lot more injuries. And, and any team who pick, picks him in the top eight, none of their O lines are really that's that solidified. And so, also, we were talking about this uh, before we got on the show. The NFL is a pocket passing league. Uh, if you look at the last uh, like six or seven quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl, Tom Brady's won three in the past five years. Yeah. Peyton Manning's won one. Russell Wilson, he's like the only exception to the rule. Uh, Nick Foles, he's a pocket passer. Well, I mean, even then, Russell Eli Manning pocket passer. Russell Wilson has only really been like so. Um, they had a breakdown a couple of years ago of, of Russell Wilson's passes from out of the pocket to in, to in the pocket. He only really passes outside of the pocket on about on about eighteen percent of his throws. So, like it, in reality, you, you can't call him a mobile quarterback because he does throw out of the pocket. Um, but so now, let me ask you this: Now that Kyler Murray has officially told the world that I'm going to play pro football. Do you, where do you think he will land in the draft? Um, so that's very interesting because everyone wants him to go to New York and sit under Eli for a year and then probably take over the starting job in New York for a couple of years. Um, so Nick Bosa, surefire number one overall pick, probably going to Arizona, although Arizona is not uh, – Arizona has not officially – or, of course, they're not going to come out and be like, we're definitely drafting Nick Bosa, but it's pretty pretty much – written down that he, that Nick Bosa is going to go one to the Cardinals. I see him pro- either going four. He could go he go four to Oakland. He go six to New York. He could go seven to Jacksonville. And actually, that is where he's predicted. According to Bleacher Report, Jacksonville is picking him at seven right behind Dwayne Haskins. Um, he could go to... He wouldn't go... He shouldn't go to Cincinnati. He won't go to Denver. He won't go to Buffalo. He could go to Miami. He could go to Washington. He could go to... He could go to Tennessee, that's at 19, and if he falls in the first draft the way Lamar Jackson did last year, New England's going to pick him up at 32. I think he'd make a really good fit in Washington. Like, when you look at the Alex Smith situation, he's literally... It's real unfortunate. He, he's almost a copy now of Joe Theismann, but they have nobody to really back him up. At this point, like, you might as well take take the flyer on him. He's the second-best quarterback in the draft. Now, as a, as a Giants fan... Do I believe they should take Colin Murray? I think he wouldn't be a horrible bet. I don't think you can go wrong with either, with either Haskins or Murray, and I think the Giants are stupid if they don't take a quarterback in the first round. But then again, that's just me. So I, so the Giants are probably going to pick a quarterback. They they screwed up. I mean, they they t- totally could have had uh, Josh Allen, Sam Bradford at at uh, at at two. Sam Sam Bradford. Sam uh, Sam Darnold. Yes, my bad. <laughs> Sam Darnold. They could have had Sam Darnold at two. Um, if Baker didn't go one, I think New England would have picked him up at two. New England said that they were going to trade with. They probably had, they had a trade in place with the Giants to pick up Baker at two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then Baker went one, and the trade fell through. So, I think that if you're New York, you you have to take one of the big two. It's either Dwayne or Kyler, and I really like Kyler in New York. Why? Because Kyler's is a flashy. You know, big time player. He will fit right into the scheme with Odell and Saquon. That could be absolutely deadly in New York. I really like that. Um, I would like him better in Oakland A's jersey, but my opinion doesn't really matter anymore. So, that's also more because because you were the bad boy for the Vermont Lake Monsters, and hopefully you may have had a had a week where you, where you could have hung out with Kyler Murray. But that, 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 that would have been so amazing. That's Holy a whole cow. other story for the day. But actually, this segues into really well to looking at more new NFL talent. And older past NFL talent, the Alliance of American Football has made its 
I guess you could say, mark on the world now. It's made its debut. <laughs> like it was it's, real unfortunate that it came out right after the Super Bowl, but like it, it it's here. I think it, I think it, is it here to stay? I don't really know. Um, the XFL debuted back in the '90s, lasted only a season, and now Vince McMahon is bringing it back next year. So I don't know what's happening with that. Um, but let's let's talk a little more about the, about the AAF. So it's it's the opening weekend. We've seen the USFL in the '80s. We've seen the XFL in the '90s. The rules and regulations of the AAF are are very much similar to the NFL, if not almost virtually the same. I think, in my opinion, the AAF is going to be a good way for younger players that didn't get drafted to end up playing um, professional games. I think the AAF is, is a much better version of the CFL for yeah, guys that's, who want to that's the kind NFL. of the best comparison, I think. But I think one of the big things to look at when you look at these alternative football leagues is what does every league have that 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 that, that the NFL doesn't? When you look at the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, they have these roadways for young talent to play outside of college sports and then make their way in. The G League recently recently drafted a rule saying that players out of high school can join the G League straight out and then they can get drafted. Also, you told me uh, earlier that you must be 19 years old to enter the draft. Yeah, uh, to play in the NBA, you have to be yes. 19, yeah. The MLB, has they have Independence League Baseball. I know by me, the Long Island Ducks. Um, they're they're a three time champion. They also have baseball. Also has a very elaborate minor league system. Exactly. So you have the minor leagues. You can go. You can leave straight out of high school instead of going to college. In hockey, I think that I think they even do it the best. You can go either the college route, drafted draft. You can get drafted out of high school, go to college, play the four years out, and either rebuild your draft stock or, in Quinnipiac's own Chase Persky's case, be able to go to college for four years, develop your skills, and then possibly win the Hobie Baker Award and become a fourth-line defenseman out of the gate, which would be amazing. But they also have the they have the AHL, the ECHL. They have the various leagues out in Russia, out in Latvia, out in um, out in Denmark, all, and even in Canada, all, all these developmental leagues. But these are all paths to the big leagues. But the NFL does, doesn't really have it, which actually brings me into another point. The AAF is not what the NFL needs, it's simply another flop league that's going to co- that, that, especially next year. Once the XFL kind of hits, the AAF is going to go under again. Then the XFL is going to go under again, and then we're going to be be at the same pit that we've been in for the last thirty years. So I'm not a big fan of the AAF, um, and it's not because of the brutal hits and and the um, and it's not it's not because of the brutal hits, and it's not because of the fact that it's paralleling the NFL it's just it's the fact that you're taking away something from the game so football is supposed to be your fall season it's supposed to be it's supposed to segue you from from fall from September to fall all the way all the way into February and what they're doing with the game is they're taking it and they are and they're putting a whole new spin on it and they're saying you know what we can we can put all the brutal brutal hits in there we can make all the flashy plays but you're getting guys like you're getting all the rejects from the NFL more so than the CFL already is. Yeah, but at the same time though, you're also getting older talent that didn't necessarily pan out pan out that well in the NFL. Like guys that are now in their 30s that that still think they could play. Colin Kaepernick has said I consider playing in the AAF to be able to prove people that I could still play in the NFL regardless of all my issues. I could play in the AAF. I think it's a good it's. In my opinion, the AAF can certainly be like the G League of the NBA mm-hmm. kind of thing, where players that are either older and haven't had success at the NBA level can kind of prove themselves, or guys that are coming out of high school or coming out of college that didn't get drafted can can uh, show off their skills. They have they have former NFL coaches, they have former uh, NFL GMs, owners, people that are supporting this league. They have everything behind them that that the XFL and the USFL in the '80s and '90s didn't have. But I still think it's going to be more of just a minor league system. Then again, the turnover rate in the NFL is huge, so they don't even really need any league like this. So like it, it, it it's kind of just, it's kind of just there almost. Yeah. But now this actually this now segues me into my next point, discuss, d- discussing the possible gateway into the NFL. Uh, Don Yee, who is Tom Brady's Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Sean Payton, and Jimmy Garoppolo's agent, just to name a few has organized a league out west called the Pacific Pro Football League, which 
has been made now not like the AAF or the XFL like it used to be, but now it is made solely for post-high school players that are not in college. So essentially what, what it is is I, I have the, um, the league rules all set up here. Essentially their top priority says, according to their motto, is to properly develop players on and off the field using professional protocols. Players will practice and play football in a professional manner, by doing so, they they will progress with their football with their professional football career beyond Pacific Pro. Their transition will be less difficult on and off the field. As well, these players will get a junior college kind of experience. Yeah. They're going to play for a for a quote unquote professional team. And the requirement is you must be under three years of college eligibility. So if you played college for a year and let's say you tore your ACL and like you went to like the University of Texas and they ended up cutting you, you can go to this league play play football for a pro team and basically show off your skills i think this is definitely going to be something to kind of look at but we'll we'll have to say so i agree 100 percent that the nfl needs some sort of alternative to college because every other sport has an alternative um of the of the four major sports i think hockey's got it hockey has it right like 100%, you know, get drafted out of high school, stay with that organization until you decide you want to go pro. Um, and then baseball has it, you know, baseball is close second for me. You get drafted out of high school, you can pass on that draft and get drafted and then get, and then get reevaluated three years later as a junior. I think that's, that's another way to go. And then football requiring you to do at least two years in college, I think that's a really good rule as well. Um, and then basketball is just absolutely terrible. Basketball, you're, you're saying that you have guys like Zion Williamson, you have guys like uh, Jason Tatum that say we they can be they could be pros straight out of high school, but they have to complete their one year of eligibility. It's called the one and done rule. Well, I mean, but, but like players like that though, yes, you go to college. Yes, you go to college for a year, and it's basically all BS. You go to college. You, to go, play. you, you major in general studies. Yeah, like uh, pass I, me so I can play sports. I remember Cardell Jones. Uh, granted, it's an NFL case, but. He said in an interview at the National Championship, he said, I'm here to play football. I'm not here to play school. And I think it's important to look at players like Zion Williamson that is going to be the consensus, the consensus number one overall pick and would have been last year too. But I feel like a college education should – there should be requirements in the, in the NBA to get at least a two-year education in college. And for those players that don't want to go to college, you can go abroad. You can go to China. Um, Thon Maker – Played abroad, Emmanuel Mudiay played abroad. Then you have guys like even the guys who came over, like like, like a Luka Doncic. He got offered to come to college. He said, "No, I'm good. I'll go play in the Spanish league." And now he's here and and he, it up. and he was the MVP of the Spanish league when he was 16 years old, exactly, which is absolutely insane. So there are alternatives in the NBA, like 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 there now are in football. So uh, probably the the most direct route to the NBA straight out of straight out of um, high school if you don't want to go to college is the G League. G League is affiliated with the NBA, uh, affiliated with teams kind of like baseball's AAA. Um, you you're basically one step below getting a call up uh, to play on a on a NBA roster. So just recently, just last year, the G League announced that they are that they bumped the minimum salary up to one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. That's the minimum salary, and you also um, can play when you're 18. Now you do not have to go to college. You sign a contract, but it's like it's like it's like a year by year contract. Yeah. The G League is a little different than baseball's minor leagues, and I always got this a little bit confused because G League it operates under its own, it's it's under it's under its own like general management system. Like there's its own trades, um, but you are but there is an NBA affiliate with each team in the G League, and that is where things can get a little bit confusing because you can bounce around in the G League and play for a whole bunch of different teams and then get called up randomly, kind of like off a practice squad on the NFL. So it's the G League, it, they, that's their one option, and then probably the second most common option, other than going overseas and, and avoiding the draft that way, is playing in LeVar Ball's <laughs> JBA. And <laughs> as much as we all want to laugh at LeVar Ball and the Ball family, Lonzo. I mean, I mean come on. Yeah. How can you not? LeVar Ball went on national TV, I think it was like, like last week, and said, my son ain't going to play in New Orleans. Like, all right, look, look. Because <laughs> Magic Johnson's going to listen to you. Yeah, like, all right, good for you that like you want to like care about your son. But it's almost like you're one of those like hover parents that like no matter how old you get, they're always going to be like right on your back every single step of the way. 
Like it's so, yeah. So in 2017, Lavar Ball announced that he was going to create the JBA, which is called the Junior Basketball Association. Which I think it and, and it was designed to give uh, players uh, a chance to go straight from high school, get paid straight out of high school with a minimum salary of I don't remember. It was it was it was like close to twenty five thousand dollars per season, and they have and they have two seasons. Each, Two seasons like every calendar year. I, I can look. I, I'm gonna actually uh, roughly. Look that for you. I, I hear you. JBA uh, players will receive three thousand dollars per month in a salary and sixty percent of the proceeds from their jerseys, which are slated to sell at eighty dollars a piece. Okay, so that that's not bad. But like, who would buy an eighty dollar like JBA jersey? It, the die-hard Laker fans. All right, but like, if it isn't Lamelo and LiAngelo Ball, I wouldn't want one. I I don't want like some some random like high school kid that's just like. Uh, I'm gonna play the JBA. Like, hi, I'm buy my stuff. It's not gonna happen. So, so Lavar Ball announced the JBA as an alternative, and you can from the JBA you can get a contract to go play overseas or get a contract to the G League, and it's a way to avoid college altogether and get paid straight out of high school. Um, what you what the G League forced the NBA to, or what the what the JBA forced the NBA to do was offer a direct alternative from the NBA, from from high school to the NBA, which is where the G League uh, comes in and says, we will bump the minimum salary and we will allow you to play at 18, so when you hit your eligibility at 19, you can go and straight you can go straight to the pros. Do you think, and I'm just posing this, 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 this randomly, do you think every league should, should not, not force, but highly encourage players to have a two-year degree in college? I think that baseball and hockey get it right. I think that Football gets it pretty much right because I, agree. I, I don't think 18-year-olds are belong in the NFL. Absolutely not. And because there's no minor leagues feeding system, they need to go to college and develop a little more. Um, but there is a part of me that says, yeah, you do have to go at, get at least a two-year education. Um, but it's it's tough because then you then you come across these once-in-a-generation type of players like Zion Williamson, LeBron James, Mike Trout. Kyler Murray apparently, and it's like wow, you know Trevor Lawrence. Let's take Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, true freshman. He's younger than I am. He's a national champion. Trevor Lawrence has been invited to the White House, and I haven't. I to mean, eat McDonald's. All right, look, I don't think you're gonna ever be invited to the White House. That's one thing. <laughs> a, you, a, you haven't won a national championship, and you know what? Honestly, my house is literally up the road. It's fully white. I could buy a McDonald's when we go there afterwards. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I like, I like that. Um, but, uh, you, so you do need to give people, and this is not players, this is people, you do need to give people time to develop in college, educationally, mentally, physically, college is your time to grow. I'm, I'm half a semester into my college career, and I can already tell you that I've grown a lot from high school me to, you know, second semester freshman year me, and I and I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, I'm like I own I own Quinnipiac University, but I feel like I know a lot more than I did six months ago in September. Absolutely, and I think especially like with the NFL, when when you go into uh, be drafted, you go to the combine, and then they have you then they have you take the Wonderlic test, and I feel like any eighteen year old would not be able to take it. I can't take it now, and I'm, and I'm a junior, and I'm now a junior in college. It's one of those things that like you need to be able to have the mental capacity to strategize and know what you're doing. And yes, basketball, the basketball, it isn't like you're playing uh, football where you need to know 35 different plays like the back of your hand and just execute them all the time. Right. Especially, especially when you're hearing these like crazy, like mojo, uh, mumbo jumbo like plays. But at the same time though, you look at guys like Harrison Barnes, who Harrison Barnes coming out of the, North Carolina, we're gonna put you. We're gonna put thousands of student athletes in these fake classes, and he would write like one paragraph essays for his finals, and he'd like misspell the word dog, like, and he's literally a brick. I think you need some sort of education, and even not not even just an education, the college experience. It's something yeah. that's so different than everything else that I feel like it's almost essential for for any player to have because if you don't have it, you're you're missing out on a good two to two to three years of your life. So I just I just was thinking of something and I definitely totally forgot it. But it, it had to do it had to do with the college, with the co- with the way that you were talking about college. It'll it'll come back to me. 
it'll come back to me. But uh, keep continuing on the path. College, it's absolutely necessary. You're absolutely right. Oh, here's here's what I was thinking about. So instead of maybe saying like the one and done rule in the NBA, in in the NBA for college, do you think that they should maybe bump up the academic requirements to play? Because in most most colleges, most high schools, it's like C's and D's or, or may allow you to be eligible. I think that students should be like honor roll, dean dean's list if they want to play sports. I mean, like so, like like you said, that one guy that was like, "I'm not here to play school. I'm here to play football." Yeah. He's obviously doesn't give a crap about the name on the front of his jersey. Yeah. But he's he's just trying to get to the league as fast as he can. You can t- you, there's now options for that. But players that want to go to college, there should be stricter academic requirements if you want to if you want to play any sport. I think if you're going to go one and done, especially in the NBA, I think it would actually be good to put more of a emphasis on, like, all right, you know what? So in the NCAA, the minimum the minimum GPA to hold is a, is I believe a two O, which is literally which is like C's and D's. It's literally almost a D, I think, and it's and that's kind of embarrassing. But when you look at that, I feel like if you're going to go one and done, I feel like it it should be a requirement that you achieve a certain level of academic ex- excellence. In order to do that, which would now force players to now, I gotta think, I I kind of have to be here for two years because I'm simply not smart enough to do it, or I am smart enough to do it, and I'm gonna pressure myself with with this huge load in order to achieve this level. But I feel like if you make academics academics harder for players, they would absolutely s- stay longer. Like I, I most 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 NFL players say they'd rather stay four years had the academics been harder. Because there's guys who go to like Virginia Tech and and like I'm not even going to talk about schools like Stanford's like Andrew Luck went to Stanford for four years has a degree in marine biology and when his brain is mush after getting hit so many times he can at least have a career in marine biology. You then look at guys again like we said Cardell Jones. I'm here to play football. He's now out of the NFL and I don't even know if he's going to college. Like he's he's a third string quarterback on I'm pretty sure the Arizona Cardinals. And I don't know what else he's doing outside of making the league minimum, and, and and it's almost embarrassing. So, so we agree then that that call that the NCAA college should be a little bit more of a requirement that you have to actually give a crap and and try and do uh, good work in the classroom if you want to perform on the on the field. Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of brings it into should college athletes get paid? And I have very strong opinions about saying no. College athletes they get scholarships. You think about. If someone goes to let's take you know let's take Oklahoma because that's where Kyler Murray's from. Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield both went to Oklahoma. They both got hefty scholarships, if not full rides. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. But then you have hypothetically you have the you have the nerd that doesn't say anything, walks into science class every day, all of a sudden finds a cure to ALS or finds like a major breakthrough in ALS, yeah. and they're not getting they're not getting paid for that. They may not even be getting a full scholarship, and yet some guy gets paid to go out there and get his brains beaten by three hundred pound linemen. And you're telling me he's going to make the money that I that I have a science breakthrough? Oh, no, it's funny you say that. So my old theology teacher in high school, he went to Georgetown, and he had a bio class, bio one hundred and one, and he told me the story of my junior year high school. I'll never forget it. Sat down in the classroom, his professor came over, and he said, "Hey, so uh, are you okay with with taking lab alone?" He said, yeah, why? He said, your lab partner is on the basketball team, and he won't really ever be here. I'm sorry to tell you that. And he was like, can I get a new partner? And he was like, unfortunately, all, all, all the parts are filled. He said, all right, fine, I'll do it alone. Just, just a quick question. Who's my lab partner? And he said, oh, Alan Iverson. <laughs> and I was AI? like, AI? The kid never showed up. He, My professor then got an email after that semester, and he said, and it was from Alan Iverson, and, and it said, hey, man, just want to say thank you for getting me that A in class. I know I didn't really show up. I know I didn't do anything, but you did a really good job. You're a smart guy. Thank you. And, I, and like, I don't know. It kind of just pulls me to a degree. That's that's beautiful. No, it's not. <laughs> what are you talking? Okay, well, yeah, all right. So it's beautiful to me because it's like at least AI can't, had the decency to be like, thank you. But like, go to class. <laughs> so so Dan Kagan and Mike Kagan have mutual friends that go to Duke who are in the same class as Zion Williamson. Right. And Zion's like, not in class, apparently. I mean, I, I'm not surprised. He's probably 
he's probably too busy uh, playing hoops. At the end of the day, when you look at players like this, I, I remember uh, my mother told me um, a story about she had a friend who his daughter went to uh, a D1 college to play basketball. And when I tell you that even a D1, uh, a D1 women's college athlete is in the gym 12 hours a day and then 12 hours sleeping, like you're literally never out of the gym. And, and it's one of those things that, that they literally own you. And, I mean, I, I can't blame Zion Williams, Zion Williams if we're not going to class. But it's just it, it's one of those things. All right. So we are going to take a quick break here on 98.1 WQAQ. We will be right back at the second half. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA traded line as well as play a little bit of a game. Steven has no idea what's hitting him. You're listening to the Mac and Main Show. You're, you're listening. You're listening to ninety-eight point one WQAQ, the soundtrack of Quinnipiac. You wanted to see me? Yes, please have a seat. So here's the thing: when this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for, right? But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team, but I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> We want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Hey, it's Emma Spagnolo, General Manager of WQAQ. Are you looking for a fun and creative way to get the word out about your business while trying to appeal to a young group of college students? Well, look no further. WQAQ is Quinnipiac University's student-run radio station. Here at WQAQ, we allow businesses of all kinds to advertise their products and services to our dedicated listeners. All we ask is that you provide our production team with copy points for your desired ad, and we'll come up with a professional and fun radio spot that will play at least 20 times per day. That's 140 times per week and 1,800 times per month. WQAQ. You shake it, gotta play a life. It's a cold act moment. Let me go and get my camera. All I wanna know is sexy can I hit it from the front, then I hit it from the back. Know you like it like that. Then we take it to the bed, then we take it to the floor, then we chill for a second, then we back at it. Welcome back to the Mac and Main show on 98.1 WQAQ. That was Sexy Can I by Ray J. Shout out to my girlfriend. Happy early Valentine's Day. I know you're listening, so you're probably crying right now. So is my mom, but anyways. <laughs> shout out to my mom. My mom actually sent me brownies in the mail today. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Also, shout out to Cliff Deachin. I know you're listening right now, as well as Andrea. I know you're listening. And Mike and Dan Kagan, of course, uh, the, the, the longtime listeners. Uh, listen to uh, Mike and Dan uh, Fridays at 7 p.m. right here on WQAQ. Let's hop right back into it. So the NBA post-trade deadline, I hate how predictable the NBA has become, but at, but at the same time, it's kind of funny and it's kind of comical when you look at all these players, teams, and what's happening. I literally have in the show notes, let's just talk about Philly basketball because it's the funniest thing. Like, you literally look at every NBA headline, Markel Fultz is traded, Tobias Harris is going to Philly, Joel Embiid's having beef with Jimmy Butler, and then you have like... TJ McConnell on the sideline and is like, "Hey, play me!" <laughs> like, it, 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 it's literally, it, it's just, it's, it's going on everywhere. So there, there is beef going on though. Confirmed beef going on between. That, that, that's what I hear. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but then again, like, and I'll talk about it right now. When you look at Philly basketball, Tobias Harris just recently got traded. They basically gave up all their depth for Tobias Harris, and now I'm, you're starting to look at the 76ers, and, and you're seeing. There's too much star power, and there's no depth. When Jimmy Butler got traded to Philly, they got it, they traded away Robert Covington, Rocco, and Dario Saric. And in my opinion, that was a huge miss on the on Philly's part because had Tobias Harris had the had, had the Sixers known they would trade for Tobias Harris, 
Jimmy Butler should have never been traded. They're trading so much depth for all these stars, and now when you're looking at depth, there's almost nobody to really uh, pad everything. You, in the NBA now, you're looking at a league where you need depth to win. And then we're gonna we're also going to talk about the Lakers and how they're having a problem now with, or they would have had a problem with depth. But, like, Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler, by the Joel way. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. You have four legitimate stars on a roster, especially when you have Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid in the same locker room. I love Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler is the most underrated player. <sighs> People don't even rate him top 15. I put him top 10. I have a very big Probably problem. Probably because I can't even name 10 NBA players. But. I have a big problem with with players that have on-court problems with their teammates or, or even like, like locker room issues. Yeah. Like I, I've always said it from the beginning as a Giants fan, Odell Beckham should not should not have been signed to a long-term deal because wide receivers don't mean nearly as much as anybody else in the field because you need a quarterback to throw it to them. Yasiel Puig, when he was in L.A., I, I, I personally didn't think Yasiel Puig was worth the contract that L.A. was paying him. Because he was just he was a locker room nu- uh, nuisance. It drove Don Mattingly right out of right out of L.A. and that that usually doesn't happen. That doesn't happen where a player, a rookie player, does not drive a manager out of a position. That but, just doesn't happen. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's all about the ego. And Jimmy Butler has the ego, and Joel Embiid has the ego. And at some point, and from what I hear, it's now something's going to clash, and there's going to be a big problem in the, in the locker room come two and a half weeks once. Once the playoff pushes in full swing, and so, they're and they're looking at Toronto, and they're looking at at Boston, and they're like, "What are we gonna do?" So I am going to bring you two examples of what you're talking about. I'm going to bring you a, a past example and a current example. Go for it. So obviously, the most talked about NBA feud of all time is Kobe Shaq. Okay, they they definitely had their their off the court problems, yeah. but when it came down to when it mattered, they got along, like on the court, and yeah. they put together championships yeah. and, and ultimately Kobe drove Shaq out of town because Kobe had the ego and Kobe was like I'm young I'm a stud you know I got rings and Kobe had the stats to back it up I'm not gonna lie of course but once Shaq left Kobe had to it took Kobe a little while to learn how to play the game by himself and not have that star next to him so and so when it comes down to Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler having having some sort of beef I think that they that I think Jimmy Butler has the man, the manness. I know it's not even a word, but he has he has the the willpower, the willpower to put it aside and be able to play. Because think about what we've seen Joel Embiid do. Joel Embiid before playoff games has been seen has been seen eating burgers and watching anime <laughs> while he gets massaged pregame for a playoff game. Okay, that's just a bad recipe. That's a bad look for anything. That's a bad look on social media. It's a bad look for your team. It's gonna it's gonna result in problems on the court, because while everyone else is eating kale and watching film, he's eating burgers, watching anime. I just uh, again, I I've always had this problem with players who keep on pushing pushing the envelope and having that bend don't break mentality when it comes to like kind of being being their own guy. And with when it comes to when it comes to, to, to Jimmy Butler, I felt like Jimmy Butler. Would the, the the problem with Jimmy Butler, and I'm not going to blame him for this because I think this is really why he didn't like his situation. He didn't like Chicago because they weren't a good team. He didn't like Minnesota because they weren't a good team with him. He is now in a situation in Philly where he's got to share the spotlight. Yeah, but 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 with the caveat of winning. Like for example, like literally yesterday, the Sixers blew out the Lakers 143 to 120. They won by 23 points. They beat the number two seed Nuggets 117 to 110, and they narrowly lost to the one seed Raptors 119 to 107. But then again, that night against the Raptors, Jimmy Butler played unlimited minutes with a sprained ankle. So, so when you think of Philadelphia, Phil- the Philadelphia basketball team—that's Joel Embiid's team. Like no, no, like you know, egos aside, it's Joel Embiid's team. Ben Simmons is still. A young player, Jimmy Butler is established, but he came in after Joel Embiid started the started the the movement of trust the process. It's Joel Embiid's team. It's Joel. It's Joel Embiid's town. Mm. I mean, it's him and Nick Foles. Like Philadelphia, I think of him and Nick Foles right now because the 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 Phillies. You know, they they're still trying to figure out if they can get Harper or Machado. You know, they don't have a big star on their team. It's it's Nick Foles and Joel Embiid on top of Philadelphia right now. So for Jimmy Butler to come in. After being the sole star on two teams, 
It's. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he he had Cat. He had Cat. He had D Rose early in he, his career. He had Wiggins. It, but but now he's with now he's with MVP caliber players. He's with Rookie of the Years. He's with and he and he has to learn how to share the spotlight. It's been it's been a little tough for him. But I think that he had he has more of a win now mentality than Joel Embiid saying I don't I'm not worried about Boston I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy my body and watch terrible terrible TV. Do you think the 76ers have a shot at possibly winning the East? Um, yes. Every team that's in a playoff spot has a chance at winning the East. The East is so volatile. I mean, we don't know who's gonna win what day. Okay. Boston just had. Uh, just had you know a weekend or like like two like two weeks ago they were you know winning clutch games with against the Raptors and the Sixers and playing close games with the Warriors and then two teams they should have beat they blew a twenty eight point lead to the Clippers that was so ugly and then they lost on a buzzer beater to Rajon Rondo <laughs> so the two two games you should have won. You have no idea what's going to happen in the East day to day. So I think any team in the playoff, in the like Milwaukee, they could totally win it. Toronto could totally win it. Boston could totally win it. Boston, they're a little, they're a little, they have, they have some more problems. They're a little flat right now in terms of moving the ball around and and sharing the sharing the ball. Yep. But they'll get it together. I believe in Brad Stevens. He's one of the better coaches in the NBA, in my opinion. Not just because I'm a Boston fan. I think that he's one of the better coaches. Uh, Kyrie, one of the better teammates, I think, in the NBA. I mean, I know that right now Nick Martin is listening and he's screaming his head off because Kyrie had to leave LeBron. Um, but I think Kyrie is going to be like, you know what? If I want to win, this is my chance to win. So, I don't know what's going to happen next year. So now we'll, let's flip the coin over to the Lakers and the New Orleans Pelicans. As we know, the trade deadline passed on February 7th. Anthony, Anthony Davis is staying put in New Orleans. And... I do not know what the Pelicans were doing. They should have absolutely taken LA's best offer. Oh my god, it was in, it was stupidity to the next level. It was Cleveland Browns like pre Hugh Jackson. Had stupidity. Ant- had Anthony Davis went to LA, the New Orleans Pelicans would have gotten Rajon Rondo, Josh Hart, uh, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and two Casey, fro- and, and KCP. Right. Uh, Cad- Cadwell Pope was definitely part of that deal. Yeah. Oh yes, he was. And they would have also gotten two first-round picks. Th- that would have allowed New Orleans to literally restock the house. You could have had a starting five where you're you're basically retaking the young the young parts of the Pel- of the Lakers, and then you get one good draft pick, and you literally have a great starting five with depth. It's yeah. It's, were that were those lottery protected picks? Yes. Okay, so it would have only been picks if the Lakers had finished in a certain range. But the Lakers would have probably done better, in my opinion, had they gotten Anthony Davis in the short term. So we we were we were sitting there yesterday. We were talking about the lineup. Do you still have that lineup? Yeah. So of what the of what the Lakers would have looked like post AD. So had, so had AD been traded to the Lakers, their starting five would have been LeBron, Anthony Davis, Lance Stevenson, Javale McGee, and some sort of like Tyson Chandler, right? Some some mixture between. Well, a, a shooting guard at least, Alex Caruso or Reggie Bullock. And actually, I'm pulling a Colin Coward here. I have uh, in my like my view on every player on their bench, and so let's just let's just go through them. Reggie Bullock, he averaged nine points per game in Detroit. Ugh, average. Isaac Bonga, I don't know who that is. Alex Caruso sounds like a left fielder for the Reds. <laughs> Mike Muscala is basically a poor man's Boban Boban Marjanovic, who just can't rebound and can maybe shoot threes. Moritz Wagner, I just know him from Michigan. He's he's been a college wonder. He's like a Nick Stauskas kind of like hybrid player, who but, but a big man. Jonathan Williams is minimal help. And Tyson Chandler, I think his biggest question is when is he going to retire more than can he actually still play? Uh, the guy can get 16 rebounds a game, and we've seen it when he was in New York. But Tyson Chandler's getting old, man. Yeah, but, man. But like, like sure. you look at this roster and you see a starting five where you really only have. Two reliable players, and Lance Stevenson is, is is on the back end. JaVel McGee, I don't know, I don't know how he still has a contract in the NBA, and that bench is god awful. You're now looking at a team that's going to get significantly worse had had they gotten Anthony Davis, and yeah, he might have signed long term, and then you might get Kyrie Irving in free agency. But what's what's a big three if you don't have depth to work it? 
I absolutely agree with you. We are going to segue quickly into our our short mini game before we do our blitz for six. Our oh, our mini game here it actually has its own theme music. Are you serious? It does. All right. I I had no idea that this was happening until literally five minutes before the show, and uh, so I'm kind of nervous. All right. So this is what I call what's most likely to happen. Um, right here on my phone, I'm looking at it. I have a couple of hypotheticals. They're they're pretty far fetched. But uh, Dan and Mike played this game, I think, before Thanksgiving break, and they had they had a blast with it. So, what's more likely to happen? You ready? Let's go. What's more likely to happen? Johnny Manziel takes another NFL snap, or Tim Tebow plays Major League Baseball for the Mets? Tim Tebow's definitely going to play MLB Baseball at some point. I've been saying this forever. When the Mets are 30 games out in the middle of July, no matter how good they all seem, they're going to have like 18 injuries on the DL. And then, sorry, the injury list, yeah, not geez. the new rules. Oh, but, dude, Tim Tebow will absolutely play once they're, like, 25 games back and they have, like, a series, series against, I'm like, that jersey. Against, against, like, the Reds. I already have one. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to happen. But, Tim Tebow. Okay. What's more likely to happen? The Red Sox repeat as World Series champions or the Patriots repeat as Super Bowl champions? Oh, the, oh, the Pats. Like, they're... They're not really losing a, a lot. They're basically essentially what the Pats are going to do is they're going to restock and just get ready for next year because they can roll again. So, so New England's got like nine for not nine first rounders. They have like nine draft picks. They're probably going to get a wide receiver one. Either Antonio Brown, uh, Julio Jones has been his name has been thrown around. Josh Gordon possibly being reinstated by training camp. So possibly, eh, possibly. I, jo- but tell me why the Red Sox wouldn't repeat over the Patriots repeating. Because Tom Brady, in my opinion, has he still has so much longevity, and again we we've seen that he just he just did not get hit ever, mm-hmm. and I don't know like in baseball, especially with with the contracts that the Red Sox are employing, it's going to be hard for them to restock come the trade deadline and get that last final few, few pieces for the push. Okay, uh, two more before okay. we do blitz for six here. Let's go for it. My mom just said, obviously, both both, both teams will repeat. So. Uh, <laughs> my mom's my mom's a Boston fan by a, by affiliation. My, my my way to World Series pick is by far the Brewers. All right, you said that. You said the Brewers were going to win this year. Anyway, thought. Uh, what's more likely to happen? The Celtics sign Anthony Davis in free agency, or the Giants trade for a quarterback? Now, these two are very likely to happen. So Anthony Davis's short wish list did not include the Celtics. I don't know if they would end up taking him. Uh, the Giants trading for a quarterback. I think the Giants are, are more are more likely to sign to draft or sign. Yeah, yeah sign sign or, or or draft a quarterback. I'm gonna actually go Anthony Davis just because they're both so far fetched and outlandish that the only way that I could possibly see Anthony Davis signing would be if a Boston makes a significant offer and they trade enough pieces to get more cap space to get another. Big name, and they retain Kyrie Irving. All right, so this is the last one here. Um, kind of sticking with the theme of the day, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wins both Rookie of the Year and MVP in 2019, or Kyler Murray wins both Rookie of the Year and MVP in the NFL. So, Pat Mahomes is one of the only players to. Oh, sorry, he didn't, he, he didn't win Rookie of the Year. He won Offensive Player of the Year. Um. Rookie of the Year and MVP is so hard. Uh, I think Vlad Guerrero will definitely win Rookie of the Year. I don't think Colin Murray will win Rookie of the Year. You don't? I don't. So I th- do you think he, do you think it's because he's going to sit for a year, or do you think it's because... Yeah, uh, honestly, probably that, unless he goes to a team where he's instantly starting, in which case he's always in the running for it. I mean, even uh, Baker Mayfield sat the first like four games of his season. You know what? I think Vlad Guerrero has a, has a much better chance because... I've seen guy. I've seen that man hit balls into the stratosphere. Oh my god, he's insane! It, it's the great, I can't wait for him to come up. It is literally a show. I've been to like four four Harvard Hartford Yard Goats games, and he's literally sent one into the street, and you cannot see the ball at, after he leaves the bat. Oh, just flies. I, I can't wait. I mean, I'm a Red Sox fan, and I'll be the first to admit that I cannot wait for the Toronto Blue Jays to bring him in. But the but the question is, do you think do you think he can win both in 2019? Mike Trout and. Aaron Judge both came really close. I don't think Vlad will, I, but I think he's, he's closer than Colin Murray will be. Okay, that's good. I like that. Do you think he's going to be on the opening day roster? Uh, probably because of, because of the Super Two issue. There's a chance that he won't be, but he'll, but he'll be up by May and he'll be raking. All right, all right. Let's head right into the blitz for six. 
Jackie, you ready? Oh, I am so ready. Oh, man. Let's get this. So I want to start you out with your way too early 2020 NFL predictions. Can the Pats repeat, or do you think Kansas City and L.A. will remain consistent and possibly overtake them? So in terms of New England being uh, in terms of New England being a contender again in 2020, they have to keep their core, and the core is Julian Edelman, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski is probably the most likely to leave in retirement if of the three. Um, Julian Edelman, he probably deserves a little bit more on his contract, and Tom Brady, if he says he can play till 45, I've said it so many times, he can play until he's 45. So uh, I do think that LA is not far off. From winning a championship, I think that Kansas City will remain atop the AFC with New England, and I think that New Orleans is also gonna is also not far off. Drew Brees has probably got two more seasons max. I think so. So, um, and that's not because he can't play when he's forty two; it's because he doesn't want to play when he's forty two. So, can't blame him. Uh, uh, second uh, blitz for six here: the Wentzmister Dog Show. Is there anything we should know, Steve? So I kind of just put this in here because I thought it was a little funny bit, and it's much better than a NASCAR crash. Uh, so look, man, I I kind of watched it for like, for like a half hour, and I saw this dog Harley, who was this big uh, St. Bernard, who was a cancer surviving dog and is 14 years old and won the agility competition. Like, that's impressive. Is the Westminster Dog Show, is that on right after the Thanksgiving parade? No, um, that is something else. But no, like this is like a national... Uh, a national dog competition that, that's played in uh, England. Okay. But b- very big, like, honestly, congratulations to Harley. You did great. Next big point, Kareem Hunt to the Brownies. Is the running back, fi- is the running, is, sorry, is the backfield in Cleveland too clustered? So, uh, Kareem Hunt, or not Kareem Hunt, yes, Kareem Hunt. Kareem I get Hunt. I get Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill mixed up all the time. You're good. Kareem Hunt just signed a one-year, $1 million contract to play with the Cleveland Browns. Now, Kareem Hunt is looking at a six to eight game suspension, so he's already going to miss half the season. Yep. Um, he and and when it comes down to the backfield, you you got him, you got Duke Johnson, and you've got Nick Chubb, and all those guys can be prolific running backs in the NFL. And when you have a solid second option next to Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry, that is the recipe to win the AFC North in the next two seasons. If they don't win it next season, they're going to win it in 2021. So I got the Browns going to the playoffs next season. Do you, th- do you think he'll, he's going to resign? Um, if he experiences success in the last eight games of the season, yes, I absolutely think he will resign. I think that Duke Johnson is going to be the odd man out right. of that group. But when it comes, like, think about how lethal it could be to have Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, and Kareem Hunt. It's nasty with, with a good O line too. Yeah, so I really believe in that and in, in that core. Fourth of the blitz for six, MLB free agency has been moving painfully slow. Justin Verlander came out with a very explicit tweet today. Well, not like literally explicit, but he was very angry about the market. He's actually free agent to be after this season. Mm-hmm. Shed some light on the slow free agent market. So Bryce Harper, obviously, Manny Machado, obviously. We got we're now only like ten days into spring training games. JD Martinez signed up about four games into spring training, as you were telling me. Dallas Keuchel, I don't know what he's gonna do, but the whole market is still revolving around Harper and Machado. I think they're gonna have to resign find re, re they're gonna have to they're gonna have to sign within the week. Dallas Keuchel is not going to get the money he wants, and I think everyone doesn't realize that that, that Mike Mustakas Mike Mustakas is still in the running for something, and like I don't know where he's going, but Mike Mustakas I think people have forgotten about him because he still has value at third base, and he can also probably he can also probably going to transition to first base probably, but he is still a valuable corner piece to an infield that a lot of teams could use. And I'm thinking right now the Mets could use a solid option right next to Todd Frazier, whose contract is going to be up in a couple of seasons. So you can bring in a guy, like a veteran presence, like Mike Moustakis. He's a world champion. He's an all-star. He is a great addition to any roster. They would be lucky to have a guy like him. All right, well, let's transition to our last point. Staying on the topic of MLB free agency, let, j- just for fun, if we took all of the remaining free agents and made them their own roster, can they win a one-game playoff? Let, let me break it down, down a little bit for you. You would have starting your starting pitcher would would, would be Dallas Keuchel. You'd have Bryce Harper in right field. You'd have Machado at shortstop. Kimbrel's going to be your reliever. You'll have some good core guys. You'll, you'll have David Wright if you could still play. Matt Weiders behind the dish. AJ Ramos out of the pen. Gio Gonzalez also there for you. Josh Harrison, Mike Mustakis, Logan Morrison, Jose Iglesias. They're a good, that's a good team. When you put it together, that is, that is a really good team. I like. I really like Jose Iglesias. Whatever team picks him up is going to have probably the best defensive shortstop in the game. I agree. Next to Anderson Simmons, um, so he's a very under undervalued 
uh, piece in Major League Baseball. Can they win a one pl- one game playoff? I think Keuchel's going to be on a short lease in that one game, yeah. and I think that Kimbrel is your lockdown guy that you need. Uh, Harper and Machado, obviously the the meat of your order. That's just absolutely lethal. That's Stanton and Judge esque. Um, I think that they could totally take down a game seven. All right, so let's hop right into our last segment of the day. Our winners and losers, Jack. Who's your winner? So my winner, after a lot of losing these past couple of months, is Los Angeles. Los Angeles lost the World Series to the Red Sox, and they lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots, uh, and then they got the revenge on Boston. The Clippers made a huge comeback against the Celtics last week, and then the Lakers had a had a, uh, had a buzzer-beater comeback against Boston as well. So my winner of the week is Los Angeles, as much as that pains me to say it, but we've beat them in two championship rounds, so what do I care? My loser is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans for the same reason why L.A. is the winner. L.A. maintained all their pieces. Anthony Davis is now back in New Orleans. He has nowhere to go. I don't know what he's doing. He's, he's, he's going to basically leave New Orleans with... with He's going to leave New Orleans and give them absolutely nothing. He's going to win championships. He's going to be great. And that is my loser of the week. That's Jack. that's pretty much going to wrap us all up. We have to get on out of here from the bleachers with Dan Ball. Matt McAuliffe is up next. The year going to stay on uh, 8 o'clock. That's going to be a great show. Next week, baseball. Oh, man. Baseball is baseball. back. We are super excited. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back next Sunday, uh, next Monday at 7 p.m. So long.
And I'll die.